Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Somebody Son podcast. Like so many others, I'm so grateful for the teachers and mentors that I've had in my life. And without a doubt, they've had an incredible impact on my development as a person. On this episode, we sat down and chopped it up with the phenomenal entrepreneur and educator, Devario Hawkins. Vario is the kind of passionate and out-of-the-box educator whose actions challenge those around him to do better. And his brand, We Know Folk, is just another example of how versatile he is. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Somebody Son Podcast, where biting your tongue is never allowed. Young men battle with the pressures of manhood every day. Each episode, we tackle topics that focus on worth, actions, and relationships. Our goal is simple. Help men win the war with themselves. City is definitely changing. Yeah, Everything changing. is. Time, yeah. time flies. It evolves, man. Things evolve. But look, bro, for real, honestly, happy to have you on the pod, bro. Like this is. Thank you for having me. This man. is a big deal, man. Especially really... being in your your home. Tell them where you from, man. So I'm from Petersburg, Virginia, man. Born, raised, high school. Everything here, man. Everything about me is from Petersburg, man. Then yeah. I came to VCU. I always say Petersburg raised me, VCU saved me, man. Mm. I always say that, man. What's the dynamic between those communities? So, since you're from here, this so is- from Petersburg, you know, it's a it's a it's a black community. You know, the average family income never been more than like 35, 36k ever here. Um, and it's a place right where, now. you know, a lot of the politicians and stuff, they took embezzled a lot of the money, a lot of the resources that was for us was never allocated to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not much opportunity here, you know what I mean? So uh, growing up here, you know, you kind of can get into a system of like, yo, you're not doing the wrong thing. Like, why are you not doing the wrong thing? You soft, bro. <laughs> you yeah. like, yo, because I'm yeah. trying to, I'm trying to do something. So then I got to VCU and I met other people who was like, quote unquote, nerds like me, who was just cool nerds. Like, yeah. yo, yeah, I make A's and B's, but I do like to do <laughs> get into some whatever. Yeah. So that's why I say it's cool, man. You get to get out of your hometown and you know experience something different, man. It was just beautiful. So. Much love to the hometown, man. Uh, everything you're doing, man. Like I said, it's just beautiful, man. We Appreciate need that here. So definitely. yeah, it's Appreciate funny that it. you say um, going. You went to VCU and it saved you, and you went and you found that there was like cool nerds just like yourself. Because mm-hmm. I remember a conversation that we had, and he was telling me when you start to build like relationships with people, or you start to build out a network of people, and especially coming to college now, because now I'm a sophomore, mm-hmm. is that I want to go to college. I want to go out and find people with sort of the like mindset that I have. Absolutely. And he told me what you'll find is when you find one of those people, it's like a link chain. Absolutely. Because they know one of them. Did you feel like that was the case? 100%. As soon as I got to VCU, um, so a funny story, you're going to appreciate this. As soon as I got to VCU, the first day I got there, I met this little brown skin skinny kid from Virginia Beach. He was just smiling and like, and where I was from, you know, people don't really be looking at you and stuff because you know, yeah. you know how it is here. Yeah. You somebody looking at yeah. you, you think you're like, oh, they trying to. So he was just smiling or whatever. He came and was like, hey, what's up? My, my name is Eric and that's Eric Penn. Yep. And since then, me and Eric have been like this, like he's been a, a close dude. So I met yeah. Eric and then from Eric, I met my boy Trueheart. Then I met my boy Vern Gordon and yeah. then I met Clive. And then we started, that's how I got into the music with Clive. And oh, it was wow. just so many people. It was like a chain effect, you know? <clears throat> and I had a similar situation here because we got an opportunity to go to Gear Up, which was like a camp that took successful kids in high school. You can go to like different colleges and stay for the summer. So I had never been to a college camp, right? I never yeah. know what that saw. So I got to stay at VCU for like three weeks and like go to class and wow. like eat. Wow. This was before Schaefer. This was when they used to eat at the bottom. Before what? Uh, this was before Schaefer. <laughs> that was, was always no up, Schaefer, man. Right at the bottom of here. There was no yeah. Schaefer. So, you know, I, that, it blew my mind. Like I never thought I would be at VCU. 
but you know it happened. It was just beautiful how life happens, man. It's funny. So the access <clears throat> portion, like I keep that, I keep coming back to that. You po- you focus on that a lot, and when we talk, Chris, mm-hmm. but like you talk about access a lot, and it sounds like having access to people or an environment that you weren't necessarily accustomed to having mm-hmm. that had an influence on you. Yeah, I think it's important, right? You need to be able to get out of your area, especially if you're in a small, you know, environment with lack of resources where it's like like a lot of group think, you know, you need yeah. to be able to get out. So thankfully my mom's side of the family's from North Carolina, so I was there. I have family in Atlanta, Georgia, so I would go to Stone Mountain and then my mom, we like to shop, so we'd be in New York, go go to Broadway, go get the bootleg Hot 97 CDs, the Hove CDs, and go shopping. I don't I know what the, that even means. Yeah, it was. I had the first song. I had one of the first Sean John Valor suits, bro. That's uh, crazy. I know Sean John. John. I know Sean John. Was it the powder blue or? I had the gray. Remember the gray? The, yeah. like, the off gray looking? Yeah. Like, I had that it looked like the, the yeah. cool gray Jordans. Yeah, I when I came that. back, it was like my seventh grade year. I was like, yeah, I'm going to definitely get best dressed with this joint. And then they didn't give it to me. I was hot. Like, bro, what you what? mean? That's like, enough. what you, how? That's enough right there. Bro, I'm yeah. like, bro, ain't nobody else even got this, so. No, man. But that access uh, topic is important, especially for this area, because if you go less than 10 minutes from here, like, the median income is almost $70,000. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy to me how your zip code can dictate your future. That's a big thing. And, you know, I worked in, I worked in education since, yeah. you know, I got out of college and, that's a big indicator for like your success rate, right? They look at your zip code where you grow up at. Yeah. So I've taught in Richmond, I've been in Philly, I've been in you know Northern Virginia, DC now, um, and they really do kind of lock you into that. And it's funny because the kids in certain zip codes they have like violin instructors. Mm. At my school, they got old pairs. I never even heard of that. That's like it's the live-in nanny. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they got that kind of access. So it's way different. And that blew my mind because I'm like, yo. Our child cares, grandma or your auntie or like a friend of the family. So definitely different. There's a guy, man. So, do you know this? This is well, first of all, very intentional. We definitely got to dig into your brand. But one of the things we talk about here and one of the things we try to be intentional with is making sure we're elevating other creatives, mm-hmm. especially folks from our community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, we got, we know folk all over the place. Make sure y'all go cop that. Uh, but I was, we listen to other podcasts too, man. Like, we're not one of those people that's just like, only focused on our content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am athlete podcast. Brandon Marshall, mm-hmm. Ocho Cinco, Channel, Channing Crowder, and um, Fred Taylor, the OG Fred Taylor. Mm-hmm. They just had a gentleman, man, and his name escapes me. Um, we'll make sure we plug it. But he's a gentleman. Um, he used to play ball. Now he's in like wealth creation and mm-hmm. investments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And yeah, you, you remember that episode? Yeah, yeah. And he talked about like in our communities. A lot of times, when one of us make it, wealth has to flow up. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't passed down, mm-hmm. as opposed to some of the kids you have mm-hmm. in your school system with au pairs, mm-hmm. wealth for them has always, always slowed down. Yeah. It's yeah. always, what can I do for my gener- my next generation or my great grandkids mm-hmm. or my grandkids, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. As an educator, do you how do we sh- how do we help solve that? Because you've been able to see different urban environments, if mm-hmm. you will, but you've mm-hmm. also been able to see like au pairs like, yeah. as well. Like, I think I think education on all fronts, right? Because I think it has to be a tertiary, right? It has to be the home, the community, and the school. Mm-hmm. It can't be separate mm-hmm. because if I'm only doing interventions in the school for this kid, right? But then he got an older brother, he got a mom and a dad who never had that. He's going to go home and everything that we've taught him is now negated. Yeah, so you got to yeah. get in the community and also... You know, work with those families. You know, yeah. a lot of uh, and the thing is, a lot of people come with an implicit bias. They just expect that a parent knows how to parent. They expect that you know how to access resources. They expect that you just know that. 
But if that you was never taught that, then yeah. you know, like they said, hurt hurt teenagers growing to be hurt adults, and then it's just a cycle. So I think we got to just kind of outreach on all fronts. You know, we got to make sure we stepping it up in education in the classroom. Mm -hmm. But on the weekends, why aren't we opening the schools to teach families about the home buying process, yeah. mm -hmm. about getting commercial real estate? Yeah. Why aren't we doing that? And that's kind of like a little bit why we kind of started We Know Folk because we wanted to do. It's more than just a, a clothing brand. It's about giving people something to be a part of. And like, we, we both work in human services field. Me and Reggie, he's a social worker. I've been in education, special education for years. So we definitely got a bigger vision for this, man. We yeah. want to make sure we touching everybody in the community. So That's crazy. So the education can't just be pouring into the children. Yeah. yeah that's, I, I haven't really looked at it from your perspective. Like I'm guilty yeah. of not looking at it from that perspective. Like I've heard people tell us that as a community, we make too many investments on the back end. Mm -hmm. So rehabilitation, mm -hmm. juvenile detention centers. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that it's too late for people, mm -hmm. but we should be pouring more of that investment in early childhood mm -hmm. education. And the idea was that if you are able to create a better product on the front end, mm -hmm. then they should be able to turn turn out to be a better product, product on the back end, mm -hmm. high school, college, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you don't go to college, mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. or, or even a, as an employee. What you're saying, though, is... Is not just the student. Like mm -hmm. that's only yeah. that's only yeah. one piece. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's 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 funny. Um, so I've been mentoring now ever since I came into college, and um, the organization that that I've you know been blessed to be in leadership for. We mentor at a at a school where a lot of the kids are like at risk youth, mm -hmm. and um, one of the 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 things that has been most frustrating for me is that. You come in, you mentor uh, the teachers. You know they do their best, but you know you come in, you mentor, you talk to the kids, you try to you know pass down some game and and, and stuff like that, and then they got to go home to bad environments, man. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. it's hard to soak up the wisdom when um, you know, or it's it's even hard to to break out of a mindset, you know, mm -hmm. that. Is, is pretty much taught in the home. Like a lot of the kids that, that, that I mentor, like some of them had charges, and these are middle school kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some of them had charges, mm -hmm. some of them have brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers that are, you know, they're, they're in the system mm -hmm. and they don't have resources. So um, I agree that it's, it's, you have to look at the environment in totality, right? So trying to tackle, I think, you know, traditionally people have been trying to tackle the problem just from an educational standpoint. Mm -hmm. But it's so much more, man, because when you get home, there's so much more education than just in the classroom, 100%. right? That people need to have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, I don't really know, like, I, I be trying to do my best and stuff, but I'm, I'm interested to hear your perspective from a teacher mm -hmm. uh, and an educator is, do you notice, like, I don't know, where, where do you uh, teach at? Is, so, well, I don't teach anymore. I'm in administration now. So oh, your administration. Yeah, administration. Now. Is that so, different? Yeah, it's a. So you see it from totally different sides. It's like from going from being an employee to an owner. You know, you kind of get you make more procedural changes now. So, mm -hmm. in the classroom, I can impact my classroom, right? Right. As an administrator now, I'm in decision making. I'm a. I'm. A, I'm in, I work with the person who's scheduling. I, I make sure that the special education kids get top priority. I want to get you in the strongest teachers' classroom. I got a whole team of psychologists, social workers, etc. So now. I can make decisions that can affect a whole school community as opposed to just a classroom. Mm. So then when you go to the next level, say you get to superintendent or downtown, mm -hmm. you can even help, you know, better. Am I, you know, if I do continue in this track, um, I would definitely like to get more into legislation because we need more of us there mm. to make, you know, these legislations and, and the curriculum, you know, right? Why, why is the curriculum so biased, right? Like, right. You know, I'm, I'm so glad. No, go ahead. How much bandwidth do you have to reach outside, like the job description per se? Because you're in administration level, so you mm -hmm. 
impact psychology, uh, social workers and mm-hmm. psychologists and, and teachers and scheduling, how much bandwidth or support do you have mm-hmm. within the resources that are available to you because of your position yeah. and allow you to make decisions that kind of go above beyond the call of duty? Or is it a lot of roadblocks for that? Uh, so I got to shout, my, my principal was awesome. My principal has been at the school for about nine years. And he interviewed me and he was like, you know, look, I, I need somebody like you here. Like, mm-hmm. you get it, you understand, you're young, you're fresh, you got new ideas. And, you know, I understand I'm a middle-aged white guy. I already come with a certain bias. I need somebody on my right hand who can help me to wow. kind of, you know, reach through this community. It's and, the amount know, of awareness a, that that takes. Yeah, and that's a rarity, that's, you know what I mean? Right. That. So, yeah, you know, coming again, for me, coming from Petersburg, where I sold you the average family income, to now being in, like, one of the most richest sides of D.C., still mm. a public school, but it's kind of ran like a charter. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. It was a little, it was weird, because I had to get there and, like, kind of understand. You know, sometimes somebody say something and they're, like, kind of, you feel like they're questioning your credibility, right? Yeah. And you got to be able to handle that mm-hmm. professionally. So I had to get there. You know, I had to learn how to get my transition words, you know, my email, you know, mm-hmm. therefore. <laughs> therefore. <laughs> However. However. Yeah, man, but, um, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I say that to say I have a strong network of people. Um, you know, I presented at the Council for Exceptional Students this year. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of educational um, advocates and consultants. Mm-hmm. Um, all, of us are, all of us are black. We're working in communities. So... Um, I have a, a plethora of different resources, man. So I definitely have a lot more room to grow than I would say some administrations and some schools have. Mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned that. Um, so where did you start? I, we're just meeting now for yeah. the first time. So I have a lot of questions, right? Yeah, but um, where did you start as an educa- educator? Did you yeah. go from like elementary to middle to high? Or mm-hmm. what, what was the development in your in your career first? as a writer? <laughs> so... We go way back. So yeah, man, it was so when I first I was in Who's Who's among American high school students, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how you read what you want to be. Yeah. And bro, I read and said I wanted to go to UVA and I wanted to be either a lawyer or like a like a paleontologist, something wild. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I got to VCU and I wanted to study psychology because right. I felt like growing up here, um, it's tough trying to be the quote unquote good kid in a mad city. It's kind of tough to do that. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of came into like these feelings of like uncertainty, sometimes insecurity about how you handle things, you know what I mean? And my yeah. father's always been in my life, but he didn't live at my house. Right. So it's different when you can't come home and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. You live with all women, so you kind of like suppressing, yeah. you know? So yeah. I kind of learned early about the mind and how it works and how like, you know, it's malleable. So I really wanted to go into psychology. Mm-hmm. So I got my psychology, um, I got that track, and then I had to do an internship. And I started at the Faison School for Autism in Richmond. It was right there past uh, by Willow Lawn. Work with students with the most severe, you know, cases of autism spectrum disorders. Um, so I started there. I did that for about a year, and then I got into what you're doing, which is like the mentoring counseling. I was a qualified mental health professional. Okay. So I was doing in-home counseling, day treatment counseling, and then from there, um, I started working at United Methodist Family Services. I was like a teacher counselor, so I was like on the behavioral side the whole right. time. Right. Wow. Um, and from there, I got an opportunity to go to, uh, to to Maryland and work at a school called the High Road School. Um, I didn't really like it because it was a it was like an alternative school, but they didn't have nothing for the kids. Like, you can't, you can't try to like rehabilitate somebody and put them in a worse situation than they were in. Yeah. Mm, right? right? These are yeah, kids. Yeah, There's yeah. no gym. Why is it like? How are these kids gonna ever grow if they don't have nowhere to like burn that energy off right, or whatever? Yeah. So, uh, I was at work one day. I went online. I saw it was an opening at GW Grad School. It was a shot in the wind because you know GW is kind of prestigious. I had yeah. been in school, so I was like, let me just see. I applied. Um, they called me that day. I went that wow. day for an interview. The class was supposed to start like that Monday. So I, this was like a Tuesday. Yeah. So it was like, can you take a, a standardized test for us? Like, can you take the Miller analogy test or the GRE, whichever mm-hmm. one? I was like, well, I'm great with analogies. 
I went and took the analogy test that Wednesday, that Thursday. I passed it and I started the program that Monday. Wow. So I got my master's in special edu- in education and human development wow. with specifics and uh, emotional behavior disability. So, and that's how I kind of got into to this track. So not the traditional is is that the, is that different from the traditional route that people take when they want to be like educators in the system and stuff like that? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to ask it like this. If, I mean, if there's anybody who, like, I have lots of friends who want to go into teaching and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend them or what advice would you give to somebody who wants to be That's an educator question. in the system mm-hmm. and help reform and help change? What what path is the best path to take, given your experience now, mm-hmm. doing all these different things? Because I think it's beautiful that you have a wide variety of uh, experience in education, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So would you suggest that or would you say you should go and, because now you're an administrator too, mm-hmm. so you see like a mm-hmm. hundred different paths to teaching, mm-hmm. right? Or education. I would say whatever path leads you to that classroom, mm-hmm. that's the path you should take. As, a t- as an administrator, I've seen, like my principal, he was in corporate America and just mm. said, you know, I want to I wanna work with students. I want to give back. I want to start doing something. He ended up there. I had my path. I have other teachers who did Teach for America. Some people worked at charter schools in KIPP. I think that if you have a passion to really give back to the community, especially affect the youth and work with the youth, you're going to find that path. There are so many people who have like worked big time jobs. Like I've had teachers work under me who were like working on Wall Street and things of that nature. And they just like, yo, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't enjoy what I'm doing. I'm making money, but I want to go and do something I'm enjoying. So my advice would be whatever that path is, that you're on, just continue on it. Because you go if you're an educator, the biggest thing isn't about can you teach the Pythagorean theorem? Can mm-hmm. you can you teach photosynthesis? It's like, can I am I teaching a curriculum or am I teaching people? Mm-hmm. And if all you're teaching is a curriculum, then are you an effective teacher? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got we have to we have to create an environment where people know being purpose-led is mm-hmm. cool. Absolutely. Like that has to be the new standard. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if purpose-led for you is being a creative, if purpose-led for you is being a teacher and creating impact, mm-hmm. like we have to start creating an ecosystem where being purpose-led is the new normal. Mm-hmm. Because I, I agree with you. There's plenty of folks I work with in corporate America. They're miserable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But their family dynamics mm-hmm. and the environment in which they were kind of like they were raised in... Um, they, it, it doesn't encourage folks yeah. to be more purpose-led. So that's that's good. You about to say something. I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. No, no, you good. I have a question. Do you think you're, if your upbringing were different, say you were in the next zip code over, mm-hmm. do you think you would be in the same field that you're in now professionally and then also creatively your mindset? How do you think you would be different if you grew up across the tracks? You know, that's a great question. I was just talking about this because um, my dad lives in Chesterfield. Mm-hmm. So I had the opportunity to go to Meadowbrook or go to Atlee. Mm-hmm. Um, the basketball coaches wanted me, but I wanted to stay in Petersburg, even though I knew I most likely was going to get cut from the team because it's one high school. Mm-hmm. Everyone's competitive. Everyone mm-hmm. can hoop. Yeah. So, Everyone can hoop. Mm-hmm. I, but I feel like because I was here, it made me who I am. I, I don't. If I did go to Meadowbrook, I don't think I would be... I might not be who I am today. Mm-hmm. I say that because, again, when you're in an environment where nobody has much... You got to make yours pop. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So from a kid, I would like take an old Tommy Hilfiger shirt. And I saw the Jada Kids video where he had the, the Nikes with the with the like Gucci on there. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to make my plaid Nike. So I cut the plaid Nikes, took my mom and Michaels and got me a glue gun and put that on there. So we all got Air Forces, but I got the, Ni- I got yeah. the plaid joint. So I think that when you're in an environment like this, you kind of got to find out a way to stand out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of helped me with my, my creative. And then as an educator, just I saw how the education system 
just did a lot of us wrong, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. for us, AP or gifted classes was like, oh, well, y'all kids are the kids we know are going to do something. We'll put y'all in the same class. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mom is active. You have family in your life. But what about the kids who wasn't? Mm-hmm. I had friends who was just as intelligent. They just didn't have the opportunity. So I, I think I would be totally different, man. Like it's tough down here, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. I would not trade it for the world. Yeah. Talk to us about the brand. You said it's bigger than just clothes. Yeah. So. Reggie, Reggie and I, we were just talking, and you know, like I said, he's a social worker. I'm a teacher. I was a teacher in education or whatever. So I was like, man, we were both talking. We was like, man, we need a link in our bio, dog. We were just laughing or whatever. Yeah. So we were like, he had a vision. He wanted just like, yo, I want to do something like, you know, we can do the clothes and we can do the community impact. I was like, I'm with it. Like, let's do it. So um, I was sitting at the computer. We was just trying to figure out how we wanted to do the logo. We was working with a creative, uh, like a creative strategist, you know, um, to, to create the logo. And she was just giving us some stuff and we didn't really like it. So I just found a font that I like and I just did that. And I was like, yo, can you do this font with the rose? And then she did it for us. And from there, it kind of, we, we started doing the clothes and operating and then it was during COVID. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to get into more community building things. Like we really wanted to do like clothes drives, food drive. We wanted to teach kids how to become entrepreneurs. If you're creative, um, you know, we want to teach kids how to do that. Cause I started, I did music and all through VCU and, you know, yeah. I still right now. So, um, we just wanted to be able to just do something that made everybody feel good about it, man. So we was like, yo, we know folk. I, I was like, I like this name. We know folk. And Reggie was like, yo, I love it. And then we've been going since then, man. It's been beautiful. So uh, really enjoying it. It's how, a, how is, go ahead, quick go question. How has the support been? Like, have you seen friends, family show up mm-hmm. more or at all? Mm-hmm. Or have you seen strangers show mm-hmm. up, support? Mm-hmm. How has the support been? It's been both, man. It's been beautiful, man. Like, um, family supported me a lot. Friends supported us a lot. People I've never met supported mm-hmm. us a lot. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a real good outpouring of support, man. It's been really nice. Um, a lot of people just been supporting us from the jump. I have friends now who, re- regardless of what it is, are like, I want to cop something now. Like, yeah. so it's been really good support, man. Like, I, I can't thank everybody enough for real. It's been it's been nice. That's good, man. Yeah, well, my. I, Okay, I want to ask a question. It's funny. I came, I, I came with a lot of questions, bro. But um, it's it's weird when you get into like this creative, uh, like nature of work, right? Mm-hmm. That we're all sort of in the trenches in right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we're doing media. You got the clothing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all doing a bunch of things. And I want to open this up because I know we've been like pretty much. It's kind of been like interview style a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. But I, I do want to hear from everybody's perspective here. Is that so working uh, uh, as an employee uh, for something else and then starting this creative endeavor, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. changes your perspective mm-hmm. on work in general, right? Mm-hmm. Have you found, and I want to open this up, maybe we'll, we'll start with you and then we'll, we'll move mm-hmm. around. Have you found that because you've started the brand mm-hmm. um, and, and because you're, you're doing the, this line of work mm-hmm. that you want to move away from like the traditional education, a role in that? So that's a good question. Um, for with the brand, not really, because I, I can like my coworkers support my brand now. You know what I right. mean? But I did have that internal conflict when I was doing music, right? Because I was getting my master's degree. I'm in education. I'm working with kids. I'm working mm-hmm. with kids who have disabilities, right? But then I'm rapping too. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm rapping, and I like my rappers to be a little braggadocious and to be talking. <laughs> that, you know yeah. what I mean? So I did have an internal conflict because I'm like, man, like that song kind of raw. I can't promote this with my job. Like, and yeah. then I was worried, like, what if my job people find out that this is my rap persona mm, or whatever yeah, so i couldn't really right. do it with the clothes i didn't have that but i will say that i much i do enjoy just the creative process of the brand and like you know figuring out the designs i want and designing 
So it does. You do kind of want to do that full time. You mm. know what I mean? So you're yeah. like, I can't wait till I am in the position to do that full time. Yeah. Right. And if that this is this question was more directed at him <laughs> because this dude is killing corporate America. So is Chris. But both of you are. Do you feel like Chris and Donald, with all the things that you're doing creatively, that it's pulling you away? <laughs> he took the glasses off. He took them straight off. <laughs> you can have your moment. Go, go right <laughs> Oh, uh, for me, uh, I'm passionate about what I'm doing, right? Right. I, I will lead with this. Corporate, my experience in corporate America has laid a solid foundation. Right. right. I wouldn't be able to invest in this building had I not had a corporate America backing, like the backing of um, my salary, essentially, right? Right. But, hold on, you own the building? Oh, you <laughs> own this place? <laughs> oh, okay. what, what is this okay. place called? Purchase. Shameless plug. Let's House get it. On market. Shameless. House on Market. Look it up on TikTok. Look it up on Instagram. What's the Instagram? House on Market. Yeah, so we have a creative studio here in Petersburg. We want to, we haven't opened just yet, but once we open up, we want to be a linchpin in the community. We want to, the same things we were talking about, DeVargo. We want to make sure that the kids here and the community here have a place where they can create. Anything they want to do, music, artistry, photography, videography, podcasting, anything Beautiful. they want to do, we want to make sure that the space is available uh, to everyone, mm-hmm. but more so we we focus on Petersburg because there is a larger need for it mm-hmm. here. Um, back to your question, Ali. Um, corporate America laid the foundation. Without that, I wouldn't be in the position where I am now. However, this is more purpose-led, like Donald was mentioning. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why I get out of bed. Mm. Corporate America, my my job is just a means to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the end is to be the linchpin in the community. The end is to be, to have the social capital so high within the community that we build that trust and we can in turn be able to provide. Because a lot of the times when people don't know that they have access to things, just because a, a building opens up does not necessarily mean it's going to be flooded in with people who actually need it, mm-hmm. right? So right. how do mm-hmm. I build the social capital in the community, regardless of this, outside of you know the, the business or, or the real estate, how do you build the social capital in the community that you can build that trust with individuals and show them, hey, this is a place that you can come be yourself. This mm-hmm. is why we want to highlight you know black faces and black families. And we're inclusive to all. We want to highlight mm-hmm. us. The representation of us is important. I want to show people that, the possibilities are there. Again, I think we mentioned in the last episode, it's not easy. You know, it's it, it's difficult. Uh, finances, emotions, long hours, it's difficult to do, but the possibility is there. And once you understand and once you know that you can strive for something, that's kind of all some of us need to kind of make that change. Because if you look at our zip code, DeVario, and everyone in this room, we could have we, we could not be where we are right now strictly because of where we grew up. It could have been from. the other way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could have been the other way so easily. So mm-hmm. um, I'm very grateful in where I am now. But I had enough support for me to be able to take just the small scraps that I had and build this. Yeah, right. Just to get just to get this far as a feat within itself. But how can we make it a bit easier for the people that's coming behind us? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you mentioned. And that's Absolutely. why I appreciate your line of work and you you choosing that that path. Unable to to progress up to the administration side because now you're making decisions that can impact the larger you know Absolutely. the larger group. Yeah. But I say all to say this: corporate America has been the foundation. However, I want to do this full time. I, I want mm-hmm. to be in the community. I want to build. I want to be able to provide access and resource to people as a full time full time job. I I that was the other reason why we thought it was important to purchase this building because. 
now we have more of more skin in the game. Mm. Nothing you have to do whatever numbers make sense for you, right? So I'm not, right. I'm not knocking anything else, but this made sense for us for the long term because it's it gives us the ability to to scale at different levels, right? right? And if we want, we want to do the same thing elsewhere. And it's not about me or the business idea, but we want to be able to take the same concept of an mm-hmm. intimate place where creatives have full access to do whatever they need to do and take it to, you know, the Hatefield, Georgia. It's kind of the outside of the major cities, those small towns where it's majority of us, where the median income may be below the poverty line. We want to start there. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to entrench ourselves in those communities because we're forgotten. Right, we're forgotten, and I think it's up to us who have been able to uh, progress forward and strive through it and, and jump a lot of hurdles. We have to knock those hurdles down for others. Did, was there was there a part of you too that was saying, "Man, I I really just want to be in control of my future, like the future of my work," because that's what pulls me. Like, yeah. I yeah. have that internal conflict. Is there a part of you that that? Think there about is. That? There is. I, I spend a lot of time. Uh, you know. Well, since we're on the topic, you know, I spend a lot of time on the road for work. Like I, mm-hmm. I went to Europe. First thing DeVario said was, man, you've been all over the world. I have been. And it was a wonderful experience for me. Mm-hmm. But those were a lot of lonely times. Right. Mm-hmm. But I got to know myself very, very well. Right. Um, good, bad, different. I know who I am. And I'm very grounded in who I am. And I don't think I'd be where I am today had I not had those experiences. And mm-hmm. my job has been able to you know, afford me those. Mm-hmm. That's getting to the point where I, I, I know I'm going to max out on the time I'm willing to invest in someone else's dream. Right. right. Because the the company I work for, their dream, this is someone else's dream. Right. And they're executing their dream and they get to spend their time how they want to. Right. I think we should be able to afford, you know, be afforded the same luxury as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I fully agree with you. I think the first thing you said about the communities, you want to go to smaller communities outside of major metropolitan areas. Phenomenal. You're right. Those communities need you. Mm-hmm. They need house on markets. Yes. They need a place where creators can come. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying about even growing up in this city, mm-hmm. in Petersburg, you would have benefited from mm-hmm. a house mm-hmm. on market. Oh, and so just because you don't have one, it hasn't prevented you from showing up and supporting yeah. one that's now in your hometown. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you, Chris, and your, and your wife. As it relates to the internal struggle, I think that's a good thing. Reed Hoffman from LinkedIn talks about tours of duty. And so to your point, foundationally, the reason why you were able to purchase this building and be able to even curate some of the uh, experiences in each of the uh, studio uh, rooms is because of, yeah, creative, but it's also because you have lived across the world. So we're sitting in a library that has a lot of the mementos uh, that you've taken away from those, you know, 23 countries. So I think that's good. Two things I want to make sure we don't project on people and I'm not saying y'all doing that yeah. but I want to make sure it's abundantly clear you could be passionate about something and not be full time in it 100% and 100%. purpose led means creating impact and living up to whatever purpose the creator has given for you for you that may mean that tour of duty is coming to an end in corporate mm-hmm. so you could take on a tour of duty here full time and you're recently married me and Vario can we appreciate and love this but one of the tours of duty that's probably along your path is fatherhood mm-hmm. We there already. We love that, right? Yeah. Mm. Do I am I a stay-at-home dad with my son? No. Is Mario a stay-at-home dad with his son? Mm-hmm. No. But we're super passionate and love our kid and mm-hmm. we're being very purposeful on how we yeah. 
grow crew and and, and grow Dalen because I don't think you raise kids. I think you grow kids. 100%. Raising is for cattle. I don't raise right. my son. I grow Where my son. And my, my job is to water him so he can grow into whatever he wants mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think if there's creatives out there that find themselves doing multiple things, that's okay. Just mm-hmm. continue to move purposeful. Yeah. Um, but I love the fact that you're about to move into, you want to move into the next tour of duty full time. When that happens. When that I'm happens. Really sure when I'm <laughs> my job. Um, yeah. I actually like what I do. And I shout out to the job. 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 But to your, to, your question, to your question, do I have an internal struggle? My internal struggle in, in, in climbing corporate is really twofold. And I think I struggle with what Vario struggles with. If Vario were to go do branding, create, creative, and apparel full-time, now there's kids who won't be able to plug into Vario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I work for the largest PR company in, in the country. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's minority brands, and there's, because I want to make sure I maintain confidentiality. There's a lot of people y'all know mm-hmm. that are people of color that we do business with. Mm-hmm. And be, you look at their, you buy their music, you, you buy their clothes. Mm-hmm. They need people like me in those boardrooms. Right. Beyonce rejected doing business with Reebok because when she showed up, mm-hmm. she said, ain't nobody in the room that looked like me. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, right. she's working with Adidas, which is still part of the larger holding company, mm-hmm. but there's creatives there that look like her. Mm-hmm. And who else is at Adidas? Oh, Pusha T. Oh, Pharrell Williams. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kanye. insert Kanye. Yeezy, right? right? Yeah. Kanye. Yeah. Um, so Yay. I think there's both. My internal struggle is if, as much as I love media, and the plans that we have to be able to curate um, uh, content that your son, my son, your future kids, or even young men like you in college can be encouraged by and could and um, can listen to anonymously without having to worry about oh I'm getting I'm getting free game and they may be judging me. Like my struggle is even if I was as passionate to, to walk away, what happens? Because I've been able to climb so quickly in corporate, what happens when I walk out the room? There's no other dudes in the room that look like me. There's no other women in the room that look like me. So that struggle for me is how do I balance that? And I think I, when you were talking, I kind of felt that. It's like as much as I even, even if I wanted to go all in on entrepreneurship, I also recognize for the community, they need me in there. And yeah. no, no offense, we always talk about our communities and and. People of color are even minorities on what they need, but no offense, my majority counterparts need me in there. Yes. They need me in there having conversations because I'm talking on blind spots. They have yeah. nothing. They have nowhere they to even see. They, they can't even see it, and they and they appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean. So mm-hmm. that's the struggle for me. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. as much as I love, and we got amazing things planned, right? right. Um, for somebody's son, and even some of the. Uh, the holding companies that we're about to partner with take some investment and grow mm-hmm. and scale. Y'all gonna love it. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I also recognize I got a other, another responsibility and that responsibility is making sure for crew and for Dalen or even for Ali, if you walk inside of that room, is somebody on the other side that's going to be uh, intentional with you. I don't want people to... I watched the movie The Banker. I never want my son to be the banker. I never want my son to have to feel like he has to have a face in the majority in, for, in order for his business to be 100%. successful. And so the, the only way that happens, you can't just have black entrepreneurs. You can't just have minority entrepreneurs or women entrepreneurs. You got to have people inside that boardroom and mm-hmm. that corporate room mm-hmm. that says, we will do work mm-hmm. with the full fabric of our community. Mm-hmm. We will be intentional in creating bonds and relationships with the creative houses, mm-hmm. right? So for me, that's what's super important. And I want to piggyback on that because you bring up an excellent point where we need 
again, representation. The same yeah. the same thing we're trying to do is create representation. We need it across the board. Mm-hmm. That's how we're able to break down the barriers of access, right? Mm-hmm. But in addition to being in the boardrooms and being, you know, creating relationships with people who can further help the growth as a, as a whole, we need the training, mm-hmm. yes. right? So yeah. if I would have left college and never went to college and decided I wanted to just buy a random commercial property and, in, in, <laughs> you know, open a creative studio, mm-hmm. that would have looked way different 10 years ago yeah. as opposed to me having the corporate experience that I have, mm-hmm. you know, me understanding project management, me, the things I've been able to, the skills I've been able to mature, the mm-hmm. things I've been able to, the ways I've been able to groom myself. Uh, and this could be simple things, it could be more analytical things, mm-hmm. whatever, the, 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 the skill set isn't important, but the training that you get in corporate America, it can definitely help. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a required route before entrepreneurship is to be in corporate America. However, mm-hmm. to Donald's point, if you're in those boardrooms, you have to get there. You have mm-hmm. to, if you can get to the situation where you are at the biggest PR firm in the country, mm-hmm. you had to fine tune certain skills along the way, whether mm-hmm. it be communication, whether it be management skills, yeah. whether mm-hmm. it be time management skills, yeah. you, 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 you pick up, you pick a element, mm-hmm. it needs to be fine tuned yeah. to get to those situations. Mm-hmm. So now not only can the downs of the world be beneficial to helping the majority understand mm-hmm. and see those blind spots that they may have because of the implicit mm-hmm. bias that, that your principal mentioned. Yeah. But not only down, the down nights of the world can still reach back to the community and say, hey, mm-hmm. here's a way you can do it. Yeah. Here's a way you can do it. Yeah. This, These are the steps that you can take. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, there's a level of refinement due 100%. to your training yeah. that allows you to do that. I mean, yeah. we look at the Kobe Bryant, for example, mm-hmm. like he was a, a madman for basketball and, and I mean, his footwork and like you, you name it, we all we like to talk about the greats of Kobe Bryant. But when you constantly train your mind you constantly train your body you can do things that people without it can't mm-hmm. and yeah, it, yeah, you need yeah. that refinement people yeah, so so often people want the success that comes they want the success but they don't want the refinement they don't want the journey they don't want the process and you want the end goal yeah, yeah, yeah. and that bothers me mm-hmm. part of the reason i'll be honest and you know this i i don't advertise people that i, I support mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. Because honestly, I don't want people supporting me that way. Yeah. Like, I don't want you supporting me because you want to then go tell everybody, hey, mm-hmm. I'm the one that supported Donald. Yeah. Or, I don't want that. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't mm-hmm. want that. And yeah. you see a lot yeah, of people yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, you know the conversations we've had privately. Yeah, and I want you to be successful. Yeah. Like, if I can't own the brand, I want to rock the brand that That's one of my mans yeah, owns. And so... I don't know what it was like. Like you said, the way you even had to refine the logo. Yeah. People want a dope logo, but they don't want to go through multiple iterations yeah. of what that looked and like. That's, that's the funny thing because people don't realize that, all right, say if you have this opportunity, you have this huge opportunity in this platform, but you're not prepared. You ain't going to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the right. reason why you're prepared is because of the journey that you take, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. And in the classroom, like a lot of teachers, I had, it was funny, I had a teacher, I was his mentor teacher. Dude's like 70 years old. He's been teaching history forever. <laughs> wow. He had a hard time connecting with the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. He knew the curriculum like the back of his hand, but he was like a robot. Like kids yeah. have to go to the bathroom. No, nah, like bro, like it's just small stuff, right? Mm. So for me, you know, I'll teach history and I'll make sure you can pass this SOL test because I know that's how the school get they fund it. I understand, but I'm gonna teach you the game though. Mm, I'm gonna yeah. teach you if you're doing the wrong thing. I'm not your father. I'm gonna teach you how you should do the wrong thing yeah. so that you don't bring attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yo, don't do that. Why are you posting on Instagram? That's not how you need to do that. Yeah. When I'm teaching the French Revolution. Yo, this is the Bastille, whatever. I know y'all don't want to hear about this right now, but this is one of the true revolutions, right? And this, your, this, this Mr. Hawkins right here. I'm at this right here. This is me right here at the Bastille. Look at that. I'm rocking Jordans in the Bastille. Y'all can go there. Yo, how can I go there? My kids didn't feel like, That's how can you live. go there? Yo, you can take That's a flight, live, bro. I mean, yeah. This is the website where you can get the discounted flights, bro. Go for, book a fight on a Tuesday. 
through through Thursday. You can get it for the discount. You and your girl go there. Yeah. Free game. I'm giving the kids what they want to understand so then they can see in me what they can do. Yeah. But if you just there just preaching at me, just giving me something for the curriculum, because ain't nobody going to ever ask me, like I said, photosynthesis. Ain't nobody going to ever ask you that on no interview. Nah. That's <laughs> so crazy, bro. I got goosebumps when you're talking, bro. First of all, I commend you. I think the work that you are doing is absolutely needed. We need people like you. This is how you rock but, Jordans at the Bastille. This is, <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but here's the thing that you touched on, bro, is that education is more than, you, you've mentioned this already, it's more than the curriculum, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have a responsibility as educators. I even consider myself, we're all in the same, maybe not as much responsibility as he has, but every time they cut those cameras on, we have responsibility Preach. too, right? Preach. Because the people who are watching this whether it lands on a kid, whether it lands on somebody who's 30 years in, somebody who's 70 years in, we have a responsibility to teach them. There's a different way of of teaching people that is just outside of information, right? Mm-hmm. We need to teach life skills. Mm-hmm. We need to teach access. Mm-hmm. We need to teach kids like this is in, instead of teaching them the information, we need to teach them how to think about this information mm-hmm. and how to apply it and how to do things mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. right? Because then you get educators who don't know how to connect with their kids mm-hmm. and you can't learn when you cannot connect with somebody, 100%. right? They don't want to listen to you. Mm-hmm. But the, the beautiful thing about this, I want to tie this all back, is because you, we've all been talking about, you mentioned it before, but it's, and it's exactly what you're doing now and it's laying foundation. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I want to commend all of you is because... The, the thing with people is that they may think like, it's, it's kind of like the, the thing that people say when they're like, my vote doesn't matter, right? My, the individual effort doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but it absolutely does. And the reason that, per example, the reason that that shit is important, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but I'm getting no, passionate. you in the zone, you in the zone. The reason, <laughs> the reason that that is important, let me give you an example, right? We've been talking, you've been talking about laying foundations and people that look like us, we, our wealth and, and our impact has to scale upwards, right? Yep. But from the foundation that you've laid and from the foundation that you've laid and even now in education, people in my generation, like specifically me, I, I, I now am working in a, in a media company and I'm a kid mm-hmm. and I'm allowed access to you guys built the foundation and I'm now, I don't want to say reaping the rewards of it. It, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. I'm benefiting off of it, right? Yeah. From your individual effort mm-hmm. to lay foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And even your individual effort in showing representation. Because now, my life is not the same as, and your guys' lives are not the same as our, our fathers and mm-hmm. our grandfathers who, were, who kept laying this foundation, 100%. right? So it's the, the effort over time is so and it takes one person bro but the effort over time mm-hmm. is actually creating value for us mm-hmm. because now as opposed to our fathers and mm-hmm. you guys I have more power over my future than mm-hmm. ever before right yeah, yeah. and Dalen and crew, crew uh, how old is crew three three months three months <laughs> so as of age as he comes of age mm-hmm. the decisions that we make and the represent the representation that that uh, you know we distill mm-hmm. for people like us they go back into the pocket of the crews mm-hmm. and the Dalens, yep. and now they'll have more power than I do over mm-hmm. their future. And yeah. they get to come in here mm-hmm. into places like House on Market mm-hmm. yep. and, and determine mm-hmm. what they want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's how you and shift, what they want to do. That's mm-hmm. how you shift communities. Yeah, 100%. Right? Like, that's how you, you, you have to lay the foundation. And, and so many times, like, I won't point back to the generations that came before me because if mm-hmm. I was not present, I don't feel like I have mm-hmm. a full picture, so I am not mm-hmm. going to judge or blame. Yeah. But I will judge my generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're not moving purposefully, mm-hmm. like, 
You're not going to feel comfortable around me. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. You're yeah. not going to feel comfortable around me because... <laughs> no, I'm he serious. Straight, straight. Where, where's your camera? Look straight into the shot and say <laughs> no. That. Honestly, if you're not moving purposely, you're not going to feel comfortable. You will hate. You're not going to like what we're working on. You're not going to like the fact that we put it, we, we bring in uh, attention to folks that are actually doing the real work inside and outside the classrooms. Dads, that's actually stepping up. If you're not taking care of your kids, you're not going to feel comfortable around us. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because we lay in the foundation. Mm-hmm. And when it, people, what, what you talked about is, and I, I love this about what Vario using the Jordans at the Bastille is, people are always watching. Yes. We had we had T.L. Yes. Russell on, who's the creative genius behind Household Market. Mm-hmm. And she said they were basically riding scooters and then uh, in, in, in Ponce inside of Atlanta, like near Ponce City Market. And then some random strangers was like, oh, y'all was the one watching riding the scooters, right? Mm-hmm. And so... She didn't know people were watching, but people are always watching. And so my, my challenge to y'all is when people watching y'all, what do they see? Mm-hmm. What do they see? When they look at this teacher, they see a man who, I'm not going to just help you pass this SOL, but I'm going to also make sure you think you can grow outside of Petersburg. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with Petersburg, but you can grow outside of Petersburg. Mm-hmm. And you can go visit other countries, and then you can come back and create foundations for 100%. people. And that's why we wearing y'all brand, bro. Yeah. And as long as we got a platform, Absolutely. we know folk going to make sure. We gonna, we going to plaster it everywhere. If you get tired of me wearing we know folk, it's okay. Turn it, t- turn it off. You don't got to watch the pod. Because moving forward, we only moving purposely, man. Yeah. Yeah. And folks that don't like that, mm-hmm. or if you just want to stay, stay in the same place, I'm not judging you, but you're going to feel very uncomfortable mm-hmm. around me. Absolutely. We are laying foundation, and we have kids, and we have things that we have to pass on to make sure our mm-hmm. community was left better than we found. Yeah, and we because we don't got time to we don't got time to play. Yeah. We don't have the time to play no more. Preach. Like, it's not time for that. Like, you know, when the kids, when I'm talking to my coworkers and they're like, um, they're making a decision that I know is kind of like, it's going to affect the kid, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, should we call CFSA? I haven't seen this kid. Like, all right, what is your, what's your purpose in doing that? Mm-hmm. If you worried about them now, you ain't going to even see them no more when you call CFSA, yeah. Child and Family Services. Yeah. So let's not do that. And yeah. I realized when I was at that school, I'm the only black man that's ever been in administration there. Right, wow. I was the. Um, it's only other one only black teacher there. He's a music teacher. Yeah, wow. my first wow. week there, I went to a pre K class. This little kid asked me. He was a little kid. He's four. He asked me, "Do I clean?" Because the only other black men he saw were janitors at that school. Mm-hmm. So that hit me right because mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, because like, yeah, you know, it, to him, it's his old pair is black. You know, the janitors they service right. So he had never saw. It. I was like, no, you know, I work beside the principal. So oh, now wow. when he see me That's and they crazy. come and they do that, we talk about it. So oh, I know that, that now me. when I make a decision. Or when I check somebody in a meeting, or when I tell a, a social worker, like, no, you need to approach this family like this, I know that something I said is going to affect them. Because not only am I working for us, I'm working for them to when they tell their kids, like, oh, no, nah, we can't look at it like that no mm-hmm. more. Yeah. You can't put me in a box. Because the first thing they say when it's you and this PR company, when it's me and this administration role, like, oh, there's no there's yeah. no privilege. Look at y'all. Yeah. Y'all, I'm one of one. Yeah. I'm the only one in my family who did this. Yeah. Mm. How many of your family doing this? Yep. So yeah, we you're raising the standard past mm, education. You absolutely. know what I mean? Like educate. Yeah. That's that's the crazy thing about about thinking about this is that you're traditionally the awareness that it takes. First of all, to try to to try to change a system like the education system, bro, is it's phenomenal. And there's a lot of faults. So like, I know you've already thought about this. Is that it's a long road, right? It is. Yeah, definitely. But but like we talked about, every every little thing matters and. Bro, by just raising the bar, like he said, like people are gonna notice mm-hmm. yep. and they're gonna wanna take part in that mm-hmm. and it's gonna it's gonna help shift the movement. But yep. but like you were talking about, there's for education, bro, for for I mean it's more than just education. We're literally built we're 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 growing kids, right? Mm-hmm. It's past just Donald mm-hmm. and Dalen, right? Mm-hmm. It's up the responsibility 
lies on whoever's spending time with the person, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So like they're spent these kids are spending a lot of time. The majority, I spent 12 years just doing elementary, middle, mm-hmm. and high, like we all did, right? Yeah. Right? So my teachers had so much of an influence over the way I ended up right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and so did my environment. Because when I go to mentor, bro, at, at Benford Middle School, shout out to Benford Middle School, bro. I love the kids there. They're all, mm-hmm. yes, the they're all phenomenal. Yeah. But I remember talking to the kids, and they on, the, the only couple of jobs that they were telling me is that they want to be police officers, firefighters, or mailmen. Mm-hmm. like Because that's what the environment is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you got and it. I come in as a college student, mm-hmm. and now they're like, okay, they came to the campus, and then they're like, you know what? I think I want to be an engineer. Yeah. That changed my life, man. Yeah, we exactly. had a conversation about that because mm-hmm. when I walked into Benford Middle School, mm-hmm. I remember talking to Chris about this, is that I wanted to change the world at scale, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily know, like, I, I wanted to create something that impacted millions of people, mm-hmm. right? But what was lost on me is that, first of all, in order to create that kind of impact, you have to impact one person, and you have to know how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have to take a single-minded focus. Remember that conversation. For, for, you remember that, yeah, right? Remember that conversation. And Chris told me, he looked at me and he said, what you want to do can be achieved with one person. Yeah, mm-hmm. it can be. Can yep. be achieved with one person. Mm-hmm. Yep. And another, before you yeah. go, one thing we really got to do, bro, like you say, it's bigger than just education. We got to share resources. Yeah. When we in these small communities, bro, we get so caught into like competing with each other, like, oh, he got this, I don't got this, mm-hmm. it ain't enough, and then... You know, the business one-on-one is create a false sense of scarcity so you mm. can sell something. Mm-hmm. It's enough out here for all of us mm. to get it. Mm. We do not have to be competing with each other. Yeah. Nope. There is no reason for that, bro. So when, when kids ask me, yo, Ms. Hawkins, how can you do this? Oh, this how you do it? I give you the whole thing. I'll mm. write you up a whole a whole plot how you do it. How should I do this interview? Like, yo, yo your resume, we're going to work on this resume. And you know but, what? You know why that's, that's, that's different? Because the impact that you're creating is... It's raising the level of the kind of educators that your school is going to need. And right? that's what they need, man. And exactly. It's a problem because when I go in the classroom and I observe a teacher and she keeps calling on the, the smart kid who's answering all the questions, right? And she's thinking she's killing the observation. And then I, I give her critique and I kill her. I'm like, you're not giving nobody else the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to partake right, in this conversation. Yeah. So are you just talking to her? Or are you teaching the classroom? Mm. Because I'm not here to see you show me your star student. I'm here to see you engage the student who don't care about what you teach. Mm. I'm here to see how you talk to those kids. I'm here to see how many homes Yo, Barrio you've done. coming at you. Next year, next. That, but that's what I'm here to see, though. Yo, and you can lose. You can lose. So many people that way, yep. right? Yep. Because you can lose the one you're not calling on. Yeah. You can lose the one that you're calling on. Yeah. Right? Because I was that kid in class that was answered all the questions and mm-hmm. all that and paid attention, mm-hmm. but I also wasn't challenged in schools because I was generally a good kid, so yeah. I got passed along. Exactly. So I, I could not really push my mm-hmm. push the envelope on my mm-hmm. ability to or, or just striving for greatness because mm-hmm. And he already caused no trouble and he participated in class. So, yeah, yeah you missed this final exam. Yeah. It's okay. I'm going to give yeah. you the grade anyway. I'm going to give you the grade anyway because yeah. you're a good kid. Mm-hmm. So, you're not pushing me academically. So, we all have a VCU connection. Mm-hmm. When I first got to VCU, I failed English 101. Yeah. I had an F my first semester. And I told my teacher, he was like, Chris, what's going on? I said, I never wrote a paper before. He said, Didn't you have a senior, senior paper in English? I said, Yeah, I, I turned in mm-hmm. one yeah. and I, I passed. Mm-hmm. Right. And the next semester I took, I ended up getting an A. I think I've told that story before. Mm-hmm. But, but it was that level of because I was a good kid and because I showed, you know, mm-hmm. I was a little bit interested. I yeah. never had I never had to challenge myself. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's unfortunate. That's the so story of most of us, people. bro. Most of us don't mm-hmm. have to like I was the same way. I yeah. got to biology 101. Great professor. 
I'm thinking he he's one of those professors where the test, every answer could be right, though. Mm-hmm. Failed the first test. I thought I had an A on that joint. Mm-hmm. That was when I first had to learn how to study. Mm-hmm. I had to go learn to like go sit in the library and like learn how to teach myself to study. Yeah. That's a big thing, man. When, when I go to that's why I'm not playing when it comes to like education and when it comes to kids and when it comes to teachers, because I have a lot of patience with kids. Yeah. A, a kid I can I can understand, I can understand where you come from. But with adults, I really don't have that much because it's like Yo, you've been here. Like, yeah. there's no reason for you not to know. Yeah. Like, when we was growing up, there was no house on market, right? Yeah. There was no MacBook with GarageBand. So when I saw Ilya's making music, and I'm like, yo, Trey songs I saw, I didn't even know how you could go to a studio. I didn't even know the process of getting your music on the radio, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, we got the, now we got the internet. You can't tell me you're a teacher. You're on social media every day. And then you you don't understand implicit bias. You see what's happening in the world every yeah. day. You don't you don't not know. You don't want to know. Mm-hmm. So I don't really got time for that. So if you really want to do the work, here's some books you should read. Mm-hmm. You, know, you should go read The Souls of Black Folks by yeah. Du Bois and tell me what you think about that. Go yeah. go read the narrative of Frederick Douglass. Go read Malcolm X. You know, go read some of these books. Read Between the World and Me by Tana Hasi Coast and tell some me what you think about it. You know, go do the work. Like I can't do the work for you. And then they right. ask me like how they they wonder how how come how come this family calls you? How come they don't call me? I'm the social worker. Have you called him? When, when's the last time you call them just to tell them that their daughter was having a good day at school? Or do you only call when she don't come to school? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, that's why. Let me ask you this then. Oh, no, I, was, I think we about, go ahead and ask you, no, I think ahead, we got the same go question. Go ahead, go ahead. Is it, is it on us to, to help educate these grown people who have a, a, a stake, their stakeholders in these kids' lives, right? Because you mentioned that you don't have much you don't have much patience like when it comes to this because mm-hmm. it, it should be noticed that there's implicit bias in mm-hmm. the system, right? But is it up to us mm-hmm. to bear the responsibility of teaching people? I would say this. You don't owe nobody your energy. And Google is free. But if you do want somebody to... <laughs> if you do... I mean, I'm, I'm not even trying to be funny. Yo! Like, yo, yo you sweat from my brow. Yo, like, I'm just being honest, bro. You don't, like no, you don't owe nobody your energy. And Google is free. But if you do feel like you have somebody who can be a true ally and who does want to do the work, it, it ain't. It don't take much to help them meet them halfway, meet mm-hmm. them where they are. I, agree I realize with you. that with any movement, anybody, kid or whatever, I got to meet you where you are to get you where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Also, identify when someone is just trolling you mm-hmm. and trying to exhaust you with that energy too. That's the thing. You mm-hmm. got to have your antennas to know the, the difference because mm-hmm. there are some people who just hit it to track. Yeah. They only want to get you riled up and get a reaction out of you. Yeah. So that's another thing. You don't even let, don't even feed into that. But like I said, Google is free. If you really want to do the work, these are some books. If you go read them books, then I know you want to do the work. Then we can talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. I, I agree with you, bro. I feel like yeah, it's not a response. <laughs> I love the, 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 you know, I don't owe you my energy and Google is free. I do think, though, if the end goal is to create change, if the end goal is to shift the community, if the end goal is to be purpose-led, if the end goal is to create impact, when there's opportunities for us to help people cross that chasm, mm-hmm. we will help usher them across 100%. That. And I think that's why we need educators like you in the classroom. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm glad there's leaders like Chris in corporate America. Mm-hmm. At the same time, that's why I'm glad you're able to be a part of these conversations because now you're taking that back mm-hmm. to that campus that we grew up on. Again, mm-hmm. like Mario talked about this, your campus is way different from mm-hmm. when we was there. Yeah, I, yeah, but I the beauty the behind one. that is... <laughs> If that's the goal, you'll make that impact. And I, and I again, but I, I, I don't know how to under, overstate this because I don't think it can be oversaid. But bro, I really appreciate having you, bro. Hey man, I, like, love, I love this. This is great, man. These are the yeah. conversations I have with my friends yeah. every day, anyway. So yeah. I Chris love said, this, man. He said before uh, last season, he said we've been having these conversations. We yeah. just cutting the cameras. We just turn the cameras. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. These cool. are the yeah. conversations that we have because you can tell when it's not authentic. Yeah. Like this is yeah. a com- this is just yeah. flowing. Yeah. Like this is just you know what I mean. Yes. So yeah. yeah, man, this is beautiful. We know folk.com, right? We know folk.com at we know folk on Instagram. 
you know, follow us, you know, support, you know what yeah. I mean? We got more things coming. We just did a drop today. So again, man, thank you about for the support, man. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. Thank nah, y'all man, for I appreciate showing you out, man. Around. Hey, man, for yeah, real. This for was real. beautiful, man. Like, this is good. Guy. I hope I answered your well, questions, yeah. man. You did, you did. Hey, you did. I appreciate I learned a new term today. Tertiary. Three, yeah. Yeah. How you how you pronounce it? Tertiary. Yeah, I learned something today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Somebody Sum Podcast. We encourage you to share this episode with a friend. And remember, on this path called life, you are not alone. Thank you for watching. Until next time. She liked the way that I finished it. She stared so long, she let me know.